This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for What in the World with Paul Seaburn, his sidekick, John Danalo, and maybe a Bigfoot or alien along the way. Never know with, with Paul. <laughs> That's right. That's why they call the show What in the World, because we want you to tune in and say, what in the world are they doing now? What in the world did they just bring into the studio? Uh, what in the world is John wearing? You know, that's those are the kinds of things that people say about our show. What in the world with me, Paul Seaburn, your host, and um, whatever. <laughs> I, I think that's about all I do. Uh, let's, over on the screen, uh, that the, the lovely voice that just introduced us was uh, Karen Hale, the media mogul at NewClevelandRadio.net, uh, head of all podcasts there, and also our co-host and um uh player of bluff the co-host she's um she's got a great great platform that we're on nuclevenradio.net please go visit it uh take a look at all the podcasts but first of course download ours which is for free by the way and also use the link to uh link to youtube where we are, are uh, posted every week and you can see what we look like and see some of the photos that we um uh, occasionally talk about and the guy you want to see is john denalo of course um host of <laughs> what in the world of sports with john denalo and also our trivia expert and co-host hey john how are you doing this week i'm doing well paul and karen and the audience uh happy new year to everyone oh yeah that's great happy new year we've uh we've we finished the football season i believe except for well, in cleveland <laughs> we cleveland and ohio is pretty much ex except for the cincinnati area is finished with football for this year so uh, yep. we'll be uh we'll be digging up some sports to to talk about it uh, uh on our future show and as always john does have a great uh, unusual sport for us this week uh i am the um uh, editor and head writer at mysteriousuniverse.org. So some of this, these stories that you hear, uh, I may have uh, hinted to on uh, Mysterious Universe. Uh, I go into greater depth uh, at, at that uh, platform, especially in the paranormal area. So if you're looking for, I just did a ghost story yesterday about a, a friend of mine in England who, who uh, went looking for Robin Hood's ghost. Really interesting story there. Um, and with photos. So, um, you know, for people like John, who are, you know, if, if it if no pick and it doesn't exist kind of guy, um, you can check that out there. On uh, What in the World, we try to uh, take a lighter, a lighter tone. We try to have more fun, uh, more unusual, more weird stories from around the world. That's hence our name. The, um, uh, we want you to have fun. We, we, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about business, religion, all the stuff that gets everybody into arguments. At, at and, and you've already been through all those through the holidays. So come to us for a, for a week, for, for a week, for an hour, <laughs> once a week, and have a good time. Relax. Enjoy yourself. We try to keep the story short. So if, if you're not interested in one, hang on for a minute or two, and we'll move on to another one. A couple of shout-outs this week. I wanted to uh, do one shout-out to our buddy Dan down in South Carolina. Dan, <laughs> this is for John. Don, Dan says how much he loves what in the world is sports. He can't wait to find out what the sport is this week. Um, and, also, and also to new listener Josh. I uh, talked to, uh, to to him over the weekend, and he said that he is now tuning in to our podcast. So thanks for doing that, and please come back again. Um, 
If you want to catch some of the jokes that I test out on uh, on uh, before the show, check me out on Facebook. Um, you know how to do it. I'm, I don't have to explain all this stuff. We have a very sophisticated audience for what in the world. Um, people who tune in for stories like this. The worst place to leave your gin. We're, <laughs> we're going to be... This is for you, John, of course, because um, I know how, how often you misplace your gin. Well, this is the worst place to put it if you don't want to misplace it. <laughs> Good one. Uh, something for lawyers to worry about. I just noticed that I that I, I it's probably uh, I posted on um, Facebook what I'm going to be talking about. And I said something to worry lawyers. I guess that uh, probably that does make sense. This is something that will make the lawyers listening very worried. So please tune in for that. There's a real dog man in Japan. We're going to uh, talk about him and also have some pictures. Uh, holiday traditions you may have missed. It's now, what is today, January 7th? 10th. 10th. January 10th. So yeah, we're we're past Russian Easter and Ukrainian Easter, Christmas, uh, Epiphany, all that good stuff. If there's a couple of holidays you may have missed. We're going to talk about those, some traditions. Latest inventions we can do without. Oh, wait till you hear these. These are the, <laughs> there's a big uh, electronics convention going on in Las Vegas this week. And um, th so this is a good time. A lot of weird stuff comes out from that. Uh, man says some more trivia. It's more odd news. Strange sports with John. And then we play everybody's favorite news game, Bluff the Coho. So let's get right to it. Check on our time here. And um, right to the story that I know John is waiting to find out how you know what what to do so I don't lose my gym. Uh, <laughs> I'm always misplacing things. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Are you, do you like gin, John? I, I don't. I don't recall I you ever ordering I, a gin no, drink. I, yes, I do, but I don't drink uh, that much. But it's a, a very gin and tonic is a very refreshing drink. No question. Gin and tonic. Okay, well then, this, here's a perfect story. So this one comes from Switzerland, of all places. There's a lake, Lake Constant, which is on the border of Switzerland, Germany, and um, I think there's one other country in there that it maybe Austria, but, maybe. Uh, yeah, there you go, Austria. Thank you. So, but but th this is from a Swiss company. Um, a gin company by the name of Genial, G I Genial, Genial. <laughs> Keep their gin in a 1700 pound steel ball at the bottom of Lake Constance. Now, that's 60 gallons of gin that they put into this 1700 uh, pound steel ball. I have a photo of it. So, so you may ask yourself, or you may ask me, why on earth do they do this? Uh, let's see. There it is right there. So there's the ball. There's the name of the company, Genial. There, there they are lowering it into the water. What happened was they lost it. When they went back to get the gin, it, the ball was gone. Now, why did they do this? Apparently, let me make sure I get this straight so they don't sue uh, they were trying to infuse the alcohol with a unique aroma by submerging it at, to the bottom of the lake. So what the, I don't know what um, what aroma they're trying to infuse. If it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, wants, who wants gin that smells like seaweed and fish, uh, sushi bars maybe. But other than that, I, I, really that doesn't appeal to me at all. So, so they think that it was an inside job that somebody somebody knew it was there and stole it while it was busy um, infusing. Uh, already being made into a new movie, uh, Twenty Thousand Martinis Under the Sea is the name of the movie. Oh. 
Good uh, one. <laughs> yep. And they're they're looking for the person or persons who stole it. They're they're running, you know, they're checking their breath for um uh you know either gin or bass, apparently, if if it's at the bottom of the lake that probably smelled they smell pretty fishy. Um, James Bond heard about this, uh, you know, terrible tragedy for James Bond. What he said was, I like my, my martinis shaken, not ruled around by catfish. So, ah. you know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a quote I can gather. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Giant under, this is, this is, I've heard of bathtub gin, not bath of, bathosphere gin. A, a long way to go for that joke there. Uh, bath of, bathospheres are these round submarine type things that people go to the bottom of the ocean in. Ah. However, John, this gave me an idea. We should be able to do something like this at the bottom of Lake Erie. My question is, what could we <laughs> put in a giant steel ball and hide at the bottom of Lake Erie and then sell it uh, with, with a suitable... Uh, name for it any ideas well what not to be funny what about great lakes beer what about a great lakes not beer? to be funny that's our whole purpose john <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's so i, I think that's a very funny idea and, and that's that right where i was going john what, okay. what better beverage in cleveland to submerge at the bottom of lake erie than beer we should we should make our own craft beer put it in a giant barrel of a, a, a circular container put it at the bottom of lake erie and sell it i even have a name okay i've got a name for it my name is paps bluegill ribbon beer how about that uh, oh my god okay <laughs> i know i know long way to go for that one too okay so if we i i believe uh we have we have some lawyers who may not want to admit it, but but do listen to our podcast. Uh, John and I ran into a couple of lawyers who we've known for many many years, and none of them really wanted to admit that they listened to the podcast. But uh, if you guys are listening, this is for you. Every city uh, has its late night personal injury lawyers. Now, of course, our friends are not personal injury lawyers. Uh, some of the more yeah, <laughs> I don't think they are. They won't admit it. Some of the more famous personal injury lawyers, these are the ones that advertise in the middle of the night or or during football games. Uh, the more famous ones in Cleveland, Elk and Elk is the one that you see whenever you tune into a um, uh, football or baseball game. The two guys, two guys look like they've been they they were practicing law with Abraham Lincoln. That's how old they are. Uh, and yeah. Couldn't couldn't chase an ambulance if they were riding a motorcycle. It's it's um, I don't know what. Uh, anyways, but they're apparently very good lawyers. And then there's this guy Tim Misney Misney, who says uh, I'll make them pay. That's his motto. Uh, very scary looking guy. So um, so between those two, I would think we don't need any more personal injury lawyers. Au contraire, okay, these guys need to be worried because a company called Do Not Pay says it will pay, and I'm going to quote here, it will, <clears throat> quote, pay any lawyer or person $1 million with an up, upcoming case in front of the United States Supreme Court to wear AirPods and let our robot lawyer argue the case by repeating exactly what it says. So what this company has done, it's invented an app that's a that's a of uh, you know an artificially intelligent lawyer that you carry around on your cell phone, and 
people are already doing this. They're they're listening to the lawyer's instructions on their cell phone through their earbuds while they're in court. I mean, if this catches on, watch for the next uh, Law and Order Special Victims app. Um, <laughs> <laughs> William Shatner. William Shatner, you know, used to be on a, um, a very famous law show, so he's going to be coming back uh, to do a new one called uh, Boston Apple. You know, for the for the uh, uh, iPhone. So they're they're starting low. Um, they're 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 asking people to take their app to traffic court first, which I thought about it and I said that that doesn't seem like a very good idea because here you are, you know, you've been you've been caught doing something illegal and your lawyer is a cell phone and what you were caught doing illegal was speeding while you were texting. Your lawyer should technically recuse itself because of what you were doing, right? Excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah. And for, for our friends who are very high-powered lawyers, would you go in front of Judge Samuel Alito um, with a cell phone and telling him that, that this is this is where you're getting your legal advice from? I don't think so. I'd be terrified to uh, to go to um, the Supreme Court with something like that. But they're offering yeah, with you on that, Paul. We have to keep an eye on this as to how uh, widespread it becomes. Million? Oh yeah. Oh, oh well, you know, my lovely wife, who who keeps her eye on the law business from for many years, there, she's watching it. Um, I've got I've got one more movie for it. Uh, this is a movie starring the app. It's going to call uh, uh, defending. Um, well, you'll figure it out. The name of the movie is To Kill an Android. Ah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> Karen is keeping her comments to herself today. That's a probably a good idea. Okay, uh, we're back to technology here. So this one comes from South Korea. As I said, you know, one in the world, we go all over the world. Um, this guy's name is Chaco Chaco, and he is a, and I'm going to take his word for it, a popular South Korean YouTuber. Uh, I don't know if he's, a, is he as popular as we are, Karen? I don't know. We're going to find Nobody out. Nobody is as popular as we are. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> a little late, but thank you. <laughs> Next time, don't hesitate. Um, so, um, <laughs> so this guy Chaco Chaco says his claim to fame is he has the ability to reproduce popular songs on while playing a musical calculator. Now, for those of you under thirty listening, a calculator is a computer that cavemen used to use. That's a good comparison. Right. Speaking of cavemen, I've got one right here, just so, so you know so, so you know what it is. There's a calculator right there. This one is not musical. Uh, however, so so this guy gets these musical calculators. Let me give you a photo of, uh, of one. Um, oh, three of them. Okay, so here's three of them. And he's playing them. These are the Eagle Life AR7778 and the AR8000. He buys those because when you press the numbers, they make different beeps and boops and bleeps and little noises like that. So oh. he's, he somehow has has translated those into musical notes. And, I, and unfortunately, I can't play it. Uh, I don't have that kind of technology here. But if you Google Chaco Chaco, it, it'll, his YouTube will come up. And he plays these songs what on on all the while, while punching keys on all of three of these um uh calculators um 
he can he he claims he can play four at a time, which proves to me this guy has no life if he can figure. <laughs> it out. I mean, and it's it's yeah. harder to play than a piano, John. Because think about this: um, what if you accidentally hit clear? Uh, there goes your whole song. Yeah, you know, no it's, kidding. Yeah, it's not like hitting the wrong note. You know, you hit clear. You're you're sol here. No. Uh, wow. So so I I googled some of his uh, songs, and here's the problem. Uh, and and I and I know many of our our listeners out there can relate to this. <laughs> I don't recognize a single one of his songs. They're they're all they're all of the genre and age uh, category that are that are out of my listening range. So I put together a playlist for him that I thought would be appropriate to songs to play on calculators. And John and Karen, you can play along here as well. Uh, so here's my playlist. Uh, and, and you'll get the theme as, as I mentioned the first song. One is the loneliest number. Oh, I all, get that. All related. John, I, I, if, uh, if you don't mind, I'll, when I throw out the songs, you, do you remember what band did that? One is the loneliest number? Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night. We got some trivia here. Okay, here's another one. Ricky, don't lose that number. Steely Dan. Steely Dan. There you go. Uh, eight seven six five three zero nine. I know this, Johnny Two Tone. Tommy Two Tone, the Jenny song. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Yep. Fifty ways to leave your lover. Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Yes. The uh, oh, I heard um George oh, George Clooney's aunt Rosemary Clooney, but one of a friend of the show Simon down in Texas. Yeah, I we've talked about Simon many times before. Uh, Simon is the the uh, his wife calls him the high priced import uh, because he's from England and she's from Texas. So Simon sent me a song un totally unrelated to this. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover sung by Rosemary Clooney, who was a, you know, a 40s and 50s um, siren. You know, sure. I was, uh -huh. uh, and into the 60s and, and 70s, I guess. If, Google it. What a great rendition of 50 ways to leave your love a rosemary clooney does totally unexpected I'll check that out wow yeah okay here's another number song for you in the year 2525 zagar and evans zagar and evans i knew you'd get that one uh nine to five uh karen knows that one We're from the movie, movie but i don't know i don't know who she, just, she just was inducted into the hall of fame dolly parton dolly parton there you go uh, knock three times for the oldsters out there. Tony Orlando and Dawn. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Orlando and Dawn. Oh, we're, we're showing our age here. And yeah, then a, a song that demonstrates both the, the musical ability of the calculator and also works some subtraction in as well. Two out of three ain't bad. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. There you go. All right. <laughs> so hey, there, rest in peace. Chaco Chaco, if you're listening, there's I, I want my playlist next week. We'll play them for the uh for the listeners here. Okay. And get you some publicity as well. All right. So hot new product from the um more technology here. This is from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And I, I talked about this uh both on Facebook and also over the weekend with my nieces. Hot new product, the Ella L A I, Ella Artificially Intelligent powered smart stroller provides hands-free strolling with sensors to detect objects in its way and braking for uphill and downhill protection. Uh, 
So this is a, a stroller, which according to the name, you put your child in and it runs by itself. It's self-propelled, self-driving. You don't have to hold on to it. Now, before you panic and say, I'm not putting my kid in anything like this, it, it only works when there's no child in the stroller. Well, that kind of defeats what? the purpose, doesn't it? There you go. That's right. It's Karen, it it's uh, it's for when like this little girl here <laughs> walking along with her dad while the stroller goes in front of them. Or if you if your baby is crying, you can carry it and the stroller will walk along with you while you're carrying your baby. Now, I don't know if I pay three thousand three hundred dollars for something that I never use. Um <laughs> that's a lot of money to put out for something you don't use Paul <laughs> exactly exactly I think this is not for moms I figured it out this is for people at Walmart with who are in their scooters and they need a sidecar so oh, they can, okay you know put your put your stuff in the basket when it's done in the basket you can throw the stuff into the little stroller following along with you they brag about the safety features on this thing it's a, that it goes around objects. Okay, so so while you, while you're carrying your baby, trying to watch where you're going, this thing is is moving back and forth, probably moving right in front of you. This is it. It just doesn't. It boggles my mind that that it is mind boggling. Yeah, and then John, this is artificial intelligence, which means it it acquired its intelligence from the internet. So somewhere, one of these things saw on the internet one of those old rhymes that we used to say. And it's going to come up to a crack and worry about breaking its mother's back or her suspension or his mother's hand. Holds right. You fall over. You know, you got a lawsuit. No, oh, that's, again, it brings you back. <laughs> and, <a> then, <laughs> and then, and then there's the kid. So, so this little girl here looks like she's maybe two, three years old. She's walking along with her dad. Mm -hmm. She's looking at this thing. She heard that her, you know, maybe she went to the, to the candy store with her dad. And and she says, Daddy, get, I'd like to have some candy. And he says, Oh no, honey, um, I spent all my money on this fancy three thirty three hundred dollar artificially intelligent stroller, so you can't that that you can't ride in, <laughs> but so you can't have any candy. And the kid looks up at Daddy and looks at looks at the stroller and says, God, I hope I'm adopted. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh my! Oh my! Oh. I mean, it makes no sense. I this is one of those things, and people will buy it. I'm sure they sold out of these things at the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, I've been to one. Those those are actually fun to go to, um, <clears throat> but not. Don't take any money with you. Okay. Really? Another technology uh, uh, story here: Japanese eraser maker Seed is the name of the company, Seed. They announced the world's largest commercially available eraser. I'll give you a picture of that here for those of you, those of you who can't see it, uh, it's about the size of a um, a shirt box or a, uh, a, yeah. gift, a gift box you got for, for Christmas. Um, <laughs> and, and for you kids out there who didn't know what any, who don't know what an eraser is, um, erasers were undo apps for cavemen. So you made a mistake and you need to undo it. Very active there. There you go. Right. Um, so so they're selling this thing, the world's largest commercially available eraser. It's the Radar S10,000. And it uh, measures 10, 10.8 inches by 5.5 by 1.7 inches. So 
but it gives you a feel. It's like the size of a, a notebook computer. Uh, weighs over five pounds, so it, you're going to get exercise while you're racing. And sells for, get ready for this out there, $100. So you're going to pay $100 just to own the world's largest eraser. Uh, coincidentally, they just got a rush order for a case of them delivered to Congress by the weekend. So uh, <laughs> I understand where you're going with that one. Some people need, yes, some people need big erasers, and, and there are some of them. Uh, wow. The, you know, I was thinking, erase, <laughs> the kids don't use erasers anymore because, you know, pencils and paper have gone the way of, of uh, the cave people. Uh, they were fun. It was fun. You could make a mess. You know, you're in school. You, you When you used it on your paper, there was this, this um, crumbly stuff from the rubber that was all over your paper. So you could brush it on the floor. You didn't have to worry about being neat. You could just brush it all over the place, make a mess. And it was okay. Yeah, it, w it was okay. The yeah. good old days, John. That's what those oh. were. The good old. That's what we. That's why we call them the good old days. You brought me uh, back to some memories <laughs> on that one, Paul. Wow. There. Now, of course, you know I can't buy. I can't go past the uh, erasers without talking a little bit about the history of erasers. So, uh, the original erasers back um, in ancient times were tablets. Were, were big chunks of wax, and they they were used to erase lead or charcoal marks. Um, <clears throat> This was before they they uh, discovered rubber in South America, so um, or they would use bits of stone like like sandstone or pumice, and they could uh, rub it out on um, on parchment paper. I don't think they could use it, you know, like if they were chiseling stone. You once you chisel stone, I don't think you can erase that. Um, oh, I don't think so. No. Now in Japan, Japan they didn't use these kinds of erasers. Interesting. Back in the 1700s, they used crustless bread so they would cut the bread the crust off the bread and then they would use the they would wad it up in a ball and they would erase with that somehow it worked what they noticed of course is that the the poor kids were were making a lot of mistakes because they came without uh, eating breakfast and what better way to to have a free lunch than make mistakes oh my gosh the inventor, yeah, no this is for real the inventor um english engineer edward nairn invented the first widely marketed rubber eraser in 1770. This was after they started importing rubber from South America. <clears throat> in 1839, Charles Goodyear, right down the street here in Akron, Ohio, discovered vulcanization so that the uh, the, the rubber would, would uh, get longevity because rubber was very volatile back then and, uh, and, and not durable. So they became rubber erasers became common. I, I knew this back when I was in school. I don't know if you ever did this, John, but I forgot my eraser one day and I knew the thing about Goodyear. So I needed to erase it. I ran outside and rubbed it against the tire. And sure enough, you know, <laughs> it's same thing. Oh, it worked? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Kids don't try this at I think home. You're setting me up on that one, Paul. Right. March, in March of 1858. Hyman Lipman of, of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, received the first patent for attaching an eraser to the end of a pencil. I, I, I have one here, but it's not an attached one. This is the modern version. Um, so so he, he gets a patent. His patent was later invalidated because it was determined that it was not a real invention, but simply a co composite of two devices rather than an entirely new product. Aww. The technicality. Yeah. 
Well, that's right. And you know what? First thing he did when he got back to his office was he took that thing and he raised the the, the amount on the check that he was about to send to his patent lawyer. There Absolutely. it is. about his fair play. Should have. That's right. He should have known that. Um, okay. Speaking of inventions, this is this is possibly my favorite invention of all time. This was this was in the news this week. Uh, this comes from France. French inventor Christian. Pointual is his name, and I have a photograph of him and his invention. <clears throat> he claims to in, have invented a line of dietary supplements that make, get ready for this, that make your flatulence smell like chocolate or roses. Oh, wow. Oh, That's right. I, 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 I brought this story for all of our male friends out there. Uh, you know, you want to get your Valentine two gifts, but you can only afford dinner at Taco Bell. This is the the present for you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, there you go. Now, so here's uh, what what did I say his name was? Christian Pointchevel is his name, and there he's holding a bottle of um, of these things. I, I they, I'm sure they have a name, but I don't know what they are. Fart pills. We're gonna call. Them. <laughs> okay. All right. Make it simple. <laughs> And um, uh, from his website, he says, uh, here's, I, here, here's how he came up with the idea. He said, we were at a table with friends after a copious meal when we were nearly asphyxiated ourselves with our smelly farts. The gas wasn't that great for our table neighbors. So something had to be done about this. You can disguise the sound of a fart, but not the stench. So this guy went back and he mixed up, you know, charcoal and some kind of vegetables and tested it out and um, uh, came up with this thing. Uh, to me, he didn't need a new pills. He needed new friends who would put up with his fart. <laughs> that new little friends. bottle there, John, and everybody out there, $20 for, for that little bottle of pills, um, which is enough for one night for me, I guess. <laughs> you know what? Hey, wow. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a whole lot to me. Do you know uh, how it's going over? Do you know how it's being received in the marketplace? Are people buying these things? Uh, well, I, I tell you what. After a time, what in the world? It's he'll he'll be sold out. He's going to have to go back. Well, to again, so much so much publicity, obviously. Oh, sure. You better believe it. Part of that. And if yeah. you're interested for for your own benefit, um, the flavors it comes in: chocolate, perfume, roses, and lilies. Now, I'm going to contact the guy because I think I want. The new car smell. I think that would be, <laughs> well, that be a lot better. Yeah. Somebody says, what's that, you know, what's that smell behind you? Oh, I've been sitting in my brand new Mercedes. That's what that smell is. It's there a new car smell that's on my oh, clothing. Man. Little do they know. <laughs> really? Little do, they know. <laughs> Little do they know, as they say. Okay. So we just made it through the end of the Christmas season for, for I guess, all of us. And that would be for for the uh the, the christians uh, epiphany which was the um uh, 12 days i guess that 12 days after christmas when the uh the the wise men or the magi or whatever you want to call them came to visit the the the, the jesus and the family and brought gifts okay so uh students and faculty members at the university of mexico broke a guinness world record with with this right here i'll show you what they did they arranged 14,360 fresh baked loaves of bread in a line measuring 2.8 miles long. And they did this to celebrate Three Kings Day or the Feast of the Epiphany, uh, the, the, the holiday. Um, 
So two two point eight. What did I say? Two point eight miles of bread. Now you know how the three wise men found their way home. They left <laughs> right. <laughs> they left loaves of bread behind them. Wow. You know, they were they were rich. They were rich, so they could afford. They didn't need to leave breadcrumbs. They left the loaves of bread. Here, the uh, loaves of bread. Several. So this is. Um, uh, I never heard of this before. This is called rosca de reyes bread. And this is a Mexican tradition that they incorporated. They kind of combined um, their their religion with the one that the Europeans brought. The university said that the record attempt took more than 90 hours of preparation by 440 volunteers. And this is a special bread just for Epiphany. Uh, it featured more than 30,000 plastic dolls. Uh, so wow. they put each loaf of bread had a plastic doll inside of it. Now, this is like um, the king cakes in at uh, Mardi Gras during, during Lent. You know, the king cakes, if you buy one of those, each one of those has a uh, a little baby mm -hmm. uh, doll inside of it. And the tradition there, if I remember correctly, the person who finds the, the, the little doll has to lift their top. So um, at least that's the way we play the game. I don't know how you oh, play Oh, okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, oh, so, so this is, I, I have a, a comedy friend, Kathy Ladman. She's a very funny uh, Jewish comedian. She's been around for years. She tells, she has a great routine about Mary. She says, you know, I'm Jewish. Mary's Jewish. She says, so she's a Jewish mom. And um, she, she's, she's sitting there and these three guys show up with gifts. So she's thinking baby shower, right? Um, and the first one brings gold. Oh, good baby shower gift. Next one brings frankincense. Well, oh, you know, okay. And then she says, and then then the third one brings myrrh. And she says, myrrh, meh. Who, who brings myrrh to a baby shower? <laughs> She's, <laughs> can they really? use it as a diaper ointment? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, my. Yeah. We're in a, we're in a manger here. How about a fly swatter? Anything. <laughs> Something more practical. Something much more practical, John. Very good. I know John. John would have brought something more practical because he is a wise man. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. Little, yeah, there you go. <laughs> in in lieu of pay this week, you get compliments. So oh, that's good. That's fine. I'll take them. I'll take them. A little bit of archaeology. You know, we cover. This is a good example of the many different subjects we cover on What in the World. Here's an archaeology uh, subject. And uh, this comes from, uh, I'll show you a picture here. This comes from, um, uh, where were these caves? I think these are in Spain. Uh, I think these okay. caves are in Spain. This is a cave painting of an animal. Uh, and this researcher, Ben Bacon, and um, uh, other college uh, archaeologists were studying the abstract dots on this a uh, cave painting of a of a cow or a bull, and and for those of you who can't see it, uh, there's like three, there's four dashes on the back of the bull, and they conveniently put a circle around it, like we couldn't see them. Um, what this guy determined is that this was they thought it might have been an early form of writing, but it's an actually an early form of a calendar, um, that used by ice age hunters uh, to record. Um, by lunar month, when animals were reproducing. 
when they were reproducing, they'd be huddled together and they'd have calves and things. And that was the perfect time to go and kill them to get meat. So, so mm -hmm. they would make, they would use this as a calendar. They would paint the bull. Then they would put these marks up here. Now, what they also found out was they found evidence that these, these hunters, uh, when the new year came, they would always forget to write five marks instead of four, uh, you know, and they'd get screwed up. Um, just like we do with our checks. Of course, you know, I was thinking, John and Karen and everybody out there, who writes checks anymore? We've reached the point where all of our jokes are becoming obsolete. <laughs> you got that right. You have that right. Calculators, <laughs> erasers, checks. What what demographic are we appealing to today? Things of the past. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, astronomy. We go to astronomy here. I'm going to take this. Uh, I'll take this picture down here. We don't have to look at that bull behind. He might be farting, and I don't think he ate any of those pills. So uh, there we go. All right. So, so this one comes from uh, this. This one comes from the sun. Wow. We get we get stories from everywhere. This one comes from the sun, the solar, and he observed, which is a uh, spacecraft that takes pictures of the sun. Uh, owned by NASA and the European Space Agency. They recorded a, a huge explosion on the surface of the sun last week on the far side of the sun, fortunately, that shot this huge um, blast, of, a flare, a solar flare, they called it. Uh, one of the most powerful ones they've ever seen in history. Had it been pointing at us, we'd all be fried. Fortunately, it was on the far side. But what they said is the sun is spinning and the sunspot that it came from is about to be pointed directly at Earth. And, oh. you know, we, yeah, we need to be prepared. So John, if you got any ugly sweaters for Christmas that you, you don't want, take them back to the store and get yourself an um, aluminum umbrella to protect yourself. Because other than that, there's nothing that's going to save us. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to play. Interesting. No kidding. Yeah. Now this one comes from Japan. Uh, well, I talked about this one at, at Mysterious Universe, little news item. Uh, you may have heard of werewolves. You know, we've talked about werewolves on the show. Uh, humans that turn into wolves at night. We've talked about the dog man, and particularly the Michigan dog man. Um, uh, that, that we don't know if it was a human, but it, it appears walking upright and looking like a man, half man, half dog. So this guy in Japan uh, turns into a collie, <laughs> and a very realistic looking collie. I have a photo of him. Let's let's uh, bring that photo up here. There's our cow again. I didn't realize I was. I had some more photos coming up here. Uh, there he is. Okay, that is an actual human being right there, and as is that one. So I'm going to go back to this one here. That does that look like a collie or does that look like a person? A collie. A <laughs> dog. To ignore the paws, that looks an awful lot like a collie. This guy spent fifteen thousand dollars to create a human-sized collie costume. And he gets into it. He says he eats out of dog bowls. He rolls over when people come over, so they rub him on the belly. Uh, he walks on a lead, and he does all kind of other dog-like things. Um, but he's afraid his friends think he's weird. <laughs> Imagine that. So, so my advice would be, you know, go out in the yard and chase the squirrels out of their yard, and they won't care if you're weird or not. They'll be, they'll be happy about it. But if you take a look, this one here, the face. The face on this one definitely looks like it's a costume and, and those big feet. Yeah, but, th th sure. That's a dead giveaway. Yeah. Some of the other photos, he looks very, very um, um, 
very much like a like a collie. In fact, he fooled some of the people at the local pet shop that he that that he went into. Uh, although he got in trouble for humping the the uh, the leg of one of the clerks. So, oh boy! You know, <laughs> and then and then he went outside by the tree to go to the bathroom, and that was it. You know, they took him away. Uh, <laughs> the um oh this this was the an archaeologist this is another archaeology story i don't have a photo for this one we'll take the dog down uh this one comes from um uh, england i believe okay the oh uh, Jer jerusalem this comes from jerusalem the archaeologist uncovered the 15,000 1500 year old remains of a man in iron chains uh, in a, uh, an archaeological site in Jerusalem, and they identified them as a Byzantine monk who may have chained himself to a rock or in a cell to practice suffering, fasting, and other extreme forms of um, of uh, you know behavior that they used to do in those days to prove that they were faithful, they were good good Catholics, good Christians. I thank God they don't do that anymore. Um, I, I don't think I could handle that. Uh, but that's how they found him. They found the remains chained to a rock, which reminded me of uh, of a Mel Brooks movie. And if, if Mel Brooks had done a movie about this monk scratched in the ground next to the monk chained to the rock would be the words. I was just joking, uh, which is which which is a reference to young Frankenstein when um, Frankenstein asked him to lock him in the in the room with the monster. That's a very famous scene, by the don't way. Don't let anyway. me out. <laughs> a very famous scene. No matter what I say, don't let me out. <laughs> All right. I think that's, a, that's a, the end of our stories. Oh, oh, one more, one more. So um, I, I, I mentioned my friend who's a ghost hunter in England. This comes from another ghost hunter in Hull uh, over, over in uh, Great Britain. So he calls himself a ghost whisperer. And he went to Hall's most haunted house, which is on uh, the Gray Street, if you're interested in going there. And he says, <laughs> so he he laid in a coffin because he felt that that would get, get him better communication with the spirits in the house. So he lays down in a coffin and he feels a presence while he's laying in the coffin. And, and the presence in a man's voice says to him, get out now. Scary, right, John and Karen? That would that would sure. Yeah, I mean that would, would scare me. me. Sure. <laughs> I'll tell you what would scare me more. What would scare me more if I was laying in that coffin and I heard a man's voice say, "Get off of me," then <laughs> I'd be out faster than you can say. We've reached the end of our news stories for this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good closure, Paul. Great closure. Very good. All right. So I hope everybody had a good time with those stories. Uh, remember, check us out on YouTube for, for some of the photos, particularly that, that goofy looking guy who looked just like a colleague. Uh, but and also speaking of photos, we've got some great photos coming up of, of our sport. Um, what in the world of sports with John Danalo every week. John comes up with a, um, a strange sport. I always ask him to find something, maybe something that we could participate in, uh, maybe something that we could sponsor a team in Cleveland. Uh, and he, you know, no matter what, he always manages to find the strangest, most unusual sport for the week. And, and as our good buddy Dan down in South Carolina says, I can't believe it. <laughs> so, He's so, so incredulous about these things. Tell you what, yeah, if Dan, right. Dan can't believe it, it must be good. So, um, John got a great sport for us. Why don't you explain to us the sport and I'll get our your photos lined up for you. 
Oh, thanks. Thanks for the introduction, Paul. So believe it or not, this sport is dangerous. Let me explain why. Okay. Most sports involve uh, kicking or throwing an object, and the direction of the kicks and the throws is usually forward. But right, right, yeah, yeah. Our sport this week, right? yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. Our sport this week is, get ready for this, the weight throw for height. I'll repeat weight, it. Weight throw for height, okay. Weight throw for height. Okay. Now, most of us are familiar with the track and field events of shot putting and hammer throwing and the disc and throwing oh, the discus. Right, right, yeah. The Scottish Highland Games call theirs weight throwing, and they have two. Okay. One of these sports, you throw the object forward. Yeah. And the other one, you throw straight up in the air. <laughs> now, you guessed oh, it. Yeah, good idea. Okay. There's, some, there's why there's some danger about, but it's really pretty simple. So, a man or a woman tries to throw a heavy object one handed straight up over a bar, set up like the like the one in pole vault events. Dangerous? You bet. The bar is set at increasing heights above the thrower. Similar to the high jump or pole vault events, the thrower has a total of three attempts for each successive height, and places are determined by maximum height reached with the fewest misses. Unbelievable. So there is. So we're looking at a picture of a gentleman in kilts, and I'm not going to make fun of him because he can lift a huge weight and throw it. Look like look like yes, fifteen yes. feet up in the air, straight up in the air, and he's standing there watching it. Um, I hope he runs away before it goes over the bar. And this is this is pole vault height. I I guarantee that that looks pole yeah. vault. Yeah, that one looks looks in, in that at that level. Now, yeah, most people employ two techniques for this event. The classic technique is where the individual swings the weight between the legs before pulling the weight up and directly overhead. The so other, yes, yeah, so, this this weight looks like a, a little bit like a pail, um, with the bottom filled with cement or something or iron, and it's got a handle on the top. Or like like those like like uh, kettleballs at the yep. at the gym. There right. you go, like a kettleball. Right. So again, uh, the alternate technique, the other technique, which is not allowed in some games. There's there's various rules in these games. Involves a spinning motion, with the athlete throwing the object from the side. So it's 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 a variation, but yeah. But here's a hear this. The size of the weight varies with the competition class. Okay. Advanced male athletes throw a 56 pound weight. 56 pounds. Six pounds. Wow. And don't read into this, anyone. Female athletes throw a 28 pound. Oh, jeez. But the male master class or senior athletes, they also throw a 42 pound weight. Oh. The wow. point is, the point I is, can't, these, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the prize better be good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. These are, I mean, that, there you go. The there's, there's, well, there's one of the classic. Right, uh, right. And, 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 and so, as you, and that's a good example <laughs> because the weight is a ball molded of lead or brass and it's filled, or it's either molded of lead or it's a brass shell filled with lead. Also, it's like a cannonball. It looks like, like a, a cannonball. cannonball. I'm going to just offer that. 
affixed to it by an eye bolt or swivel coupling, which is a triangular handle of round iron or steel. I mean, you really have to have some strength and you yeah. really have to have some guts to do this sport. Holy smoke is right. Yeah. So the weight throw for height is very popular in the, in the country of Ireland. The country's world record was set in 1986 by Jerry O'Connell with a weight of 16 feet, three inches. 16 now, feet. 16 feet, three inches. That's, think, think I'm thinking pole vaulting. The record for pole vaulting is, is 18 or 19 feet. So Correct. Just a couple Correct. feet lower. Wow. Now the record in our neighbor in neighbors in Canada is 16 feet two inches, and that was set in 2017 by a gent by the name of Matt Relling. And for us here in the US, in 1914, a gentleman by the name of first initial P, last name Donovan, he set a world record for throwing the 56-pound weight for height with a distance of 16 feet and eleven and a half inches. Oh, wow, almost 17 feet, and, and probably the 56-pound one. <laughs> this well, is there's, two there's two elements here for men and women that are doing yeah. this. Well, well, here's, a, here's a photo of a lady. Uh, Karen, right. if you're interested in this sport, uh, Karen, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can start with a lower weight. Um, nah, I don't look good in that outfit. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Uh, the uh, I don't know about that as well. Uh, but but th think of wow. this. You have to have strength, this much strength yeah. to be able to do this and enough courage, like I said earlier, okay, because you can be hurt by these things. I oh, mean, no really. so, but unfortunately, there are no longer any international competitions in weight throwing for height. Uh, the sport is still very popular in the Scottish Highland Games, right. also in Ireland. And of a, 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 a few locales in northeastern United States. Wow! So again, it's again popular, again primarily overseas. Um, but again, this is well, such a unique. There are sport. Highland Games in the United States, so I'm sure we could find a we could find a Highland game where they, if you're interested, find a, a look. There's one in in Colorado. I know I've seen the one the ones in Colorado near Denver. Uh, if you if you want to participate, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, start swinging that fifty six pound ball, wow! I'll just I'll just leave everyone with this idea, this thought. If you plan to take up the sport of weight throwing for height, remember to wear a helmet. Yeah, and give yourself plenty of space. Your dad is not going to go up on the roof to retrieve a fifty six pound ball. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. You know that's where they'd end up. Or, 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 I mean, 56 pounds. No, they wouldn't end up on the roof. They would end up through the roof mm -hmm. and, and into, into probably into the kitchen where your mom would start screaming. So you're in trouble right. with both parents at the same time. Right. You know that exactly right. Holy smoke. Right. 56. So weight throw for height was a sport this week. <laughs> just, right. Exactly. That's unbelievable. I, in a way. I, I mean, really you know, is. I looked through the photos. There were none of the, of the people running like crazy to get out of the way it looked like they were watching it's a test of courage went. yeah i i really think it's a test of courage you know how long can you stay in your spot before you get crunched i mean that's courage. really what it is yeah. test of liquid courage that's what it is that's that is liquid courage about. yes liquid courage will, will help you help you through that process holy okay. smoke wow unbelievable wow well you know the, as always john i i 
Dan, Dan, I'm down, Dan. I lost my, I'm so blown away by this sport. Dan down in South Carolina will say the same thing. Great sport this week, as always. Yeah, we'd um, like to hear Dan's comments. He Maybe he should reply to you and say, well, hey. you know, Dan may remember, you know, I, you may not remember this, John, but back in college, we attempted to, to sport like this. We were hoping to compete with the uh, I, do you remember that? You know, I, vaguely, I've got a vague recollection. Help, help educate me on this one. Fortunately, I have a photo. <laughs> so the, the way the story went, um, we, we were attempting to throw heavy objects into the air for height, uh, but we couldn't find one with a handle on it. So um, I procured a heavy weight, and John, being the athlete that he is <laughs> to this day, said, oh, I can certainly throw that. And they, uh, unfortunately, the the heavy object was an anvil. And uh, John swung that anvil as hard as he could between his legs and flung it into the air. And it came back down. And there's what John looked like uh, at the end well, of our competition. I had, to, I had to pay the price. And, and I think it also, <laughs> it also threw my eyesight off, if you yeah, can see that. Wow. <laughs> He's been wearing glasses ever since, and a hat. Uh, that's exactly yeah. right Paul. photograph there of you. a gentleman who got hit on the head with an anvil now i don't know if you remember this but uh i i have a photo where i another photo that zoomed in on the anvil and this may explain why john was unable to to operate that anvil properly uh here's the photo the anvil came from uh. acne <laughs> <laughs> which of course is where the coyote bought all of his or, and uh, the uh, coyote bought all of his stuff against the roadrunner right so well, that, well I, think the roadrunner, I think the roadrunner had the advantage on this one at least in this <laughs> <laughs> all right weight throwing for height i don't think we'll be seeing that in cleveland anytime soon too or, difficult too, difficult. too yeah. dangerous yeah you know just <laughs> But but a sport that's out there that people compete in, obviously out there, people play but, it. Yeah, good for them. All right, John. Thanks again, as always, for the world of sports in the audience. And that means it's time for bluff the co-host, everybody's favorite weird news game. Uh, the uh, game is simple. I have three stories similar to the ones we've been talking about all afternoon. One difference: those were all real. These may or may not be real. They may be real, maybe a bluff. It's up to John and Karen and you playing at home to decide, real or bluff. Wagering is legal in Ohio, so all of our Ohio friends, friends place your bets. Uh, John and Karen, hands on the buzzer. Let's get right to story number one. A TV station in a small city in Wisconsin is looking for a new 6 o'clock news anchor after the current one quit because he was tired of delivering fake news actually the news he was delivering is just as real as everywhere else it's the city that is fake it was named for its founder mr fake who came from scandinavia where fake is a common name working for the local tv station uh and radio stations and delivering the fake news was a nice local joke until a few years ago now even the local Fox affiliate is tired of all the confused callers from around the country. The city won't change its name because members of the fake family are involved in local politics. So the fake news will go on as soon as they find another fake newscaster. All right, so 
the fake news from the city of fake Wisconsin. What do you say, Karen and John? Real or bluff? We'll go with Karen first. Well, a lot of the news is fake. So, yeah, a fake news station. But I don't believe it, so I'm going to say it's a bluff. Okay, Karen said it's a bluff. John, how about you? Well, I'm going to I'm going to disagree on this. Uh, I'm going to say it's a real story. Um and I think it's in the world that we're involved with with these types of uh scenarios that you put out, Paul. This one is very believable to me, so I'm going to say it's real. Okay, there's John. John always has a good reason for his uh answers. Karen goes with her with her gut there. So, uh Karen says it's a bluff. John says it's real. Is that, do I have that right? That's correct. You got it. Okay, let's check with the judges. And the judges say, congratulations, Karen. That is a bluff. Sorry Yay, about that. Way to go. Way to go, Boy, Karen. John was coming, John was coming off of a big week last week. So uh Well, I'm coming back down to earth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope you don't play, you're not playing like TCU today. Well, uh, yeah, I, I have to. I need to improve, right? Okay, huh? all right. Well, so scores one to nothing. Karen's in the lead. Let's go right to story number two. Hands on the buzzers. If you've been telling your kids that the Humpty Dumpty who sat on a wall and had a great fall is a giant egg, just like in the picture book, you're in trouble with some teachers around the country. They're telling children that while the original painting of Humpty Dumpty in Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll looks like a giant egg, Lewis Carroll was actually making a subtle dig at King Richard III of England, who was humpbacked. Parents don't like the idea because it confuses their children and teaches them that it's okay to make fun of others who are different. If this keeps up, get ready for eggs to fly at your local next local school board meeting. Okay, so the teachers who were in trouble for teaching that Humpty Dumpty was not an egg, but was actually King Richard III, who looked a little Humpty himself. What do you say, John? Real or bluff? I'm going to say it's real. I'm not going to give you the reason why. I'm going to say it's real. Oh, 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 Joe. oh John, John throws a twist into bluff the co-host here by not giving his logic behind his choice, other than to say it's real. Okay, Karen, how about you? Well, I think it's false. I think Humpty Dumpty is who we think he is. He's that big old egg who sits on the wall and falls down. So, and, and fake. all the king's horses and call the king's men yep. can't put him together again. Nope. We know the story, right? Karen right. says, so John says, John says it's a real story. It's true. I need to be counting. I need to be writing that down. <laughs> Got to re reset John that. Says it's a real story. Karen says it's a bluff, right? Okay, yeah. let's check with the judges. <laughs> and do I have that right? John said it's a, a real story, and Karen yeah. said it's a bluff. Yep. Okay. Yes, yeah. you have it right. Okay. <laughs> and the judges say, "Get your act together, host." Um, John has just got another score here, so it's now tied one no, to one. This is his first score here. First, I got the first one. Well, Karen and I are even today. That's yeah, exactly I was right. so I was so blown away by how many touchdowns were scored last night that I'm having <laughs> trouble keeping count of things. That's right. Your, your, your ability to count is is been real. Cool. I was I did not know this myself. 
but um, but yeah, the 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 original story written by Lewis Carroll had a giant egg looking being, and it's been that way ever since. And everybody's assumed that it was an egg, but it's not. And, par okay. and parents really are upset. So uh, as parents are want to do these days. All right. That means the score is one to one. Uh, points are doubled in round number three. So uh, that doesn't mean anything because we have a tie score. So let's go right to story number three. See who wins this week's Bluff the Co-host. A pregnant woman posted on Facebook that she wanted to name her daughter after the place where she and her husband met. But now she's upset because the people on Facebook don't like the name Tinder Lee after the dating map <laughs> where they met. They say she'll be picked on by kids in preschool who will push her around like they're swiping left or right. Some people ask if she had a boy, would she have named him One Night Stand? Even <laughs> her husband hates the name Tinder Lee because he told his parents they met at church. The expectant mom is sticking to her choice, but she's taking the advice of another mom who did the same thing and is saving money for therapy for Tinder Lee. All right, Karen and John, the lady who named her daughter after how she and her husband met and everybody's giving her grief. What do you say? Real or bluff? Um, there's some really oddball people out there giving their children oddball names. So I'm going to say it's true. Okay. Karen says it's true. And there's a little girl running around named Tinder Lee. John, how about you? Well, I was thinking that it might be true with Karen's logic about people naming children all different names now, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's false. I'm gonna say that did not happen or has not happened yet. Okay, well, there's no little girl named Tinder Lee. No, no, no. How about one night stand? <laughs> 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 that is really too, too, too cornball. I don't think for anybody. Which I would have thought of that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Let's check with the judge. So Karen says that's a real story. John says it's a bluff. Let's check with the judges. And the judges say, uh-oh, Karen has the right answer. That means that Karen's the winner for this week. Wow. Oh, so the year has started. Thank you. Everybody's the playing. The important thing is if this child is just raised properly, of course, right? Not to be <laughs> judgmental, okay? I mean, regardless of the name, right? She'll she'll be teased. People are teased all the time, so she, absolutely. Right. Don't worry. Her mom said she'll she's putting a dollar aside every week for therapy. So <laughs> good mom, <laughs> good one, Paul. Good one. Uh, Okay. All right. Well, I think that we've come to the end of another episode of What in the World. I want to thank Karen Hale, our media mogul and co-host, and uh, uh, all-around great person for everything she does for our show, everything she does for NewClevelandRadio.net. Please go visit the website, uh, check out how to download our show and all the other great podcasts that Karen has. I want to thank my old friend John Dinalo for what in the world of sports and for being a great co-host and a great sport and a great trivia expert as always. Thank you, John. Uh, you're uh, welcome, Paul and Karen and audience. It was always good to get the year started again. So good. Absolutely. That's right. And, and, and laugh while you're doing it. Good way to start the new year. If you didn't make a resolution to laugh more, tune in to us and, and we'll do it. We'll help you do it. Absolutely. Uh, then, of course, I want to thank everybody out there in podcast land, both the people that we've we thank personally by name and also all the many, many hundreds, thousands of you out there 
who uh, listen into the podcast every week or watch us on YouTube. You're the reason why we do this. We, you know, without you, it wouldn't be as much fun. So we're hoping that you have as much fun and have as many laughs as we do and that you tune in next week uh, for another fun-filled great episode of uh, What in the World. And on that, I will uh, say goodbye for next week. Bye, goodbye. everybody. Have a good week. Have a good week. Yep. Bye-bye.